We Turned Out Okay is a show about children and families. You get to see into the mind of a child development expert, and you'll learn tons about kids and why they do what they do. It's for grown-ups, so it's not always G-rated. But it's almost always PG. And we'll let you know when it's PG-13 or higher. Also, you can expect some rabbit holes and detours. But we return to the topic at hand. Besides, rabbits are awesome. What have you got against rabbits? Anyway, sit back, relax, and prepare to learn about how to stay sane while raising your little kids. Enjoy the show! Come on, guys! We turned out okay. The modern parent's guide to old school parenting. I want to hang upside down from the swing set. Welcome to We Turned Out Okay with host Karen Locke Cole. I want to climb to the top of that tree. And now, here's your host, Karen Locke Cole. Hello and welcome to episode 278 of We Turned Out Okay. This is the show where we're always helping you change your child's behavior from bad to good, feel happy inside, and truly enjoy the time you spend with your young child. I'm Karen Locke-Culp. I am the host of this show and the creator of the WeTurnedOutOK.com website. I am a child development expert and a parent coach. I have a private coaching community, which is located at WeTurnedOutOK.com. And that's where I help lots of parents who are struggling with all the things that you might be struggling with and and they just, you know, need some extra support and help and ideas as they, you know, kind of brave it through these, these uh, oftentimes, you know, difficult moments with their kids. And what we do there is we try to make sure that like we lessen those moments and and make the, the, the better and more fun moments, uh, the ones that kind of come out on top and happen more frequently. And I uh, am excited because that's what we do basically here on the show as well. Um, and today is a Your Child Explained episode where we get into the minds of our kids and see what's going on in there. I um, wanted to, I've been wanting to do one on food and um, picky eaters for a long time. I'm really excited because coming out next week, we will have a conversation with Jackie Lomenso, who is a woman who's written a book um, for children about uh, picky eating. And, and she she is very generous in sharing of her experiences with picky eating. She herself was a picky eater. And um, I'm really excited to bring you that conversation. It'll be out next week. And in the lead up to that, I guess it's kind of made me think about... Um, picky eaters and food and and all that kind of stuff. I, a few years ago, I did a, a series on this and I'm going to link to the interviews. I did uh, two or even three interviews plus a couple of uh, solo shows about what to do if you've got a picky eater, what to do if you, um, you know, just if you're worried about food or or even if you're not and you just want <clears throat> to listen to some, some good ideas about um ways to engage your child in like eating that are fun and enjoyable and not upsetting. <laughs> That's really what the the point of that whole series was. And I've also been thinking about this since I really love that, uh, that I get to bring Jackie on the show um, at a time where recently I got a an email from a listener. And I wanted to share that with you now and kind of do a little 
case study here of this particular situation. I I wanted to do that. I love case studies. I love the idea of them because we can look in depth at one uh, one child, one person's struggles and um, learn a lot from them ourselves. So I will read this um, email that I got from a listener named Megan. And she writes, I'm having issues with my two-year-old daughter. She will not eat with us at the dinner table. No matter what we have for dinner, she won't eat it. She just says yucky and won't eat anything. She eats pretty decent at daycare, but even there, there are things that she won't eat. We have stopped giving her other things to eat and always tell her that if she doesn't eat dinner, then she doesn't get anything else. And she literally won't eat anything else. Help with three exclamation points. First of all, Megan, hugs to you, big time hugs. I I am in such sympathy with you. I know exactly how this feels. It is so frustrating. Um, I do know exactly how it feels because first of all, I had uh, one massively picky eater. And secondly, I was a picky eater myself. So um, I'm, I, you know, I, I can understand this deeply and I have a lot of sympathy for you because it's hard to struggle through those years. Um, as I see it, and this is where I think I want to get into this case study. As I see it, we've got three factors going on. Um, and I'm going to basically what I want to do, just so you know how the episode is structured, I'm going to I'm going to share about one before the break, and then I'm going to share about the other two after the break. And um, we'll see how long, you know, how long we end up talking about these. I, I, I hope I can give you a, a good, succinct answer um, and, and get you some help, Megan, and you too, if you're listening and you've got picky eaters. Um, so, okay, so the first one that I wanted to talk about is uh, you sort of highlight this idea that um, that she eats differently at daycare than at home. You, you write, she eats decent at daycare. Um, and I, I think that's the first thing to think about because probably at daycare, this indicates that they're eating there is much more matter of fact. It's less fraught. There's not a lot of like um, stress around eating at daycare. It's, you know, come to the table, it's time to eat. <laughs> um, it's not, I think at daycare, likely they're not, well, first of all, they're probably not preparing food, right? You've probably sent uh, your daughter in with some kind of food. So they don't have to worry about like preparing it. Um, even if, even if it is a, a place where uh, they do prepare things, I'm not sure how, what your daycare is structured like, uh, you know, um, likely there is a a cook or a chef or somebody, and it's probably not the teachers who are looking after the kids and also making stuff. But maybe it is in in some home daycares, for example, it's like that. Um, in any case, uh, it's it's likely that there is a, just a lot less sort of uh, adult stress about eating at daycare and. Um, there's just less of a negative vibe around meals there and, and more of a sort of like, okay, this is what we're doing now. So a, a kind of a neutral, a neutral vibe, which, which can be really helpful as kids um, are either being exposed to new foods or are like, it frees kids up to be like, oh, I actually am hungry. So I'm going to eat and, and without any, um, any of the stresses that might be happening at home. And um the other thing I wanted to say about daycare uh, and what you write is uh, that she eats pretty decent at daycare, but even there, there are things she won't eat. I think if you, 
like if we look at ourselves as people, we all have things that we uh, prefer to eat and we all have things that we just won't eat. So um, <clears throat> knowing that, understanding it and just being okay with it, I think is is what I would um, suggest. It, it just sort of, you know, not everyone is going to be open to eating everything at, at every time. And that's okay. That's just part of the kind of the human condition. I bet if you think about your own eating habits, there are things that you probably like and things that you don't like so much. And um, it's, it's good for kids to have preferences. Um, so I think if, if that's what's happening at daycare, it's because like your daughter is able to um, have a little more autonomy in terms of like, I, am I going to eat this or not? Like there's nobody sort of insisting that she does or engaging, you know, in talk about like, what are you eating? What are you not eating? Kind of a thing. So anyway, that's the first factor that, that, uh, that meals are just different at daycare than at home. And we see this, I once a long, long time ago, I answered a question for a listener that was, um, why do my kids behave for the uh, daycare people when they take them to swimming? But when I take my kids to swimming, they are unruly and horrible. Like, um, there's, there are so many reasons for that. But I, I think you're not alone in, in this instance where your your child is like, perfectly comfortable eating at daycare, but not at home. Um, it, it, likely it is because there's a different vibe at daycare than at home regarding meals. So uh, that's the first thing to think about. That's the first factor that I see here. And uh, stay tuned. We got more of this case study coming up after the break. Welcome to the break for episode 278. This is a super special episode and one I have been waiting to get to for a long time. It's about help with picky eating, as you know, because you're halfway through it. And I'm excited to share that next week is also an episode about picky eating. And I am going to have an interview with a woman who I think you're just going to find so, so helpful. So I can't wait to bring you that. Um, that that'll be next week. So that's coming. And in relation to every, what I've been doing is each week, I don't just do the podcast episode about a topic. I also do a Magic Words for Parents video, which is I give you, try to give you one quick phrase. Sometimes it's even just one word. Uh, every Monday in our Facebook group, I do a Facebook Live, just a few minutes long, trying to give you one quick phrase that you can bring into your parenting week. And I also do a YouTube live on Thursdays that is embedded in this post. If you go to weturnedoutok.com slash 278, that's where you'll find that and everything that actually that I'm going to be talking about today. Uh, and I've been really having a good time with this and the feedback I'm getting is great. Relating the magic words for parents and the YouTube live back to this week's episode. So the magic words on Monday that I just did yesterday, if you happen to be listening to this on the day that it drops in real time, is called one phrase to help with picky eating. And as I say, I'm giving one quick phrase that you can use to help your picky eater uh, feel better and to help you feel better as you um, are handling picky eating. And then the YouTube live that I will do if you are listening in real time, and it's Tuesday, the day that the episode drops, it's uh, the YouTube live is called My Child Literally Won't Eat Anything. And it will be coming up on Thursday. On That will be May the 16th that I'll do that because this is May the 14th that you're listening to this uh, if you are listening to it on the day that it drops. 
So those are the things that have to do with today's episode. And I also uh, have a couple of other things we do during this break. And the next one coming up is the parenting news segment. I have have been doing this now. I think this is the third or fourth one. And the thing that I'm finding so awesome is that at first I really thought, well, I'll, I'll just try this as a one-off. But th- there keeps being good parenting news and I keep needing to bring it to you. So I'm really, really excited about this one. There is a woman, an editor at the New York Times. Her name is Jessica Grose. And she has been with a whole team of people working really pretty tirelessly on a, a whole new website that is a New York Times website about parenting. It is located at parenting.nytimes.com. That's like all one word, nytimes, parenting.nytimes.com. And it's it's a parenting website that is like, it's one of those that you can go to and and um, know that the things that are there are are going to be really helpful, first of all. And second of all, they're going to be, it's, it's, they really work at being positive. They tell really great stories and um, they have a lot of really helpful information. Um, and I know this, the website only launched like last week, if you're listening in real time. But uh, for last maybe month or two, they've been doing a weekly newsletter and you can sign up for the newsletter at the, at the website, like at, at the page for this website, parenting.nytimes.com. And when you do, you get a sort of a curated bunch of articles that all have to do with one topic. So one recent one was about taking kids to work. The first one was an absolutely great one. It was about sleep and, um, what happened when Jessica's daughter realized that like, there's this, there's this like scam with sleep where the younger daughter didn't want to go to bed earlier than the older daughter and um, what, what that led to and what they did about it. I think one of my favorite things is the, the editors and the, the writers and Jess herself, they're being so um, sharing about their own experiences and it's just making, I read this and feel better. You know, it's, it's definitely geared for parents who are in the earlier parts of your parenting life, which is right where this, you know, that's really squarely where we fit here on this show. Um, so for example, there's an article, this, this, the article that comes up first when I look at it now, which kind of continually changes, which I also think is really cool, is called uh, How to Get Your Partner to Take on More Emotional Labor which that sounds like an interesting one. But then um, they have their articles on relationships. There's articles on money. There's articles on, in fact, there's whole sections on relationships, money, parenting, uh, uh, babies, pregnancy, those kinds of things. And um, one of the articles that I took a good look at, which I really, because I felt like I didn't do a good job of, of this myself, is called How to Advocate for Yourself in the Delivery Room. And I mean, that's what I mean. There's just some really, really interesting articles. Um, There's one on how uh, we won't say the words natural birth, because the idea is that if somebody feels like their birth was somehow not natural, that maybe that would make them feel sad or ashamed or something like that. And um, I don't know, there's just so much about this website that I wanted to shout about and share with you. And I especially think that uh, if you are the parent of young kids, this would be a fantastic newsletter for you to join um, and get every week. I love getting it. And I am like a decade away from from having little, little kids. Uh, and I and I just I just absolutely love it. So so there you go. There's your parenting news. It is NYT. Well, it's actually 
the 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 newsletter is called NYT Parenting. The website is parenting.nytimes.com. So I'm going to have to try and separate that out and keep it in my mind. And the last thing I want to share about is the the well actually there's yeah the la- the second to last thing I want to share about the penultimate thing. I have created a new free guide and I'm super excited because this one is related to today's episode. I um I always I try to make sure that you understand that when you when you jump into a show when you're listening to an episode of this show it's a long form show I've got my husband our producer Benjamin Culp at the top of the show to help you uh, understand that like that we do go down rabbit holes here and that's I think that's that's a good thing because you get to see into the mind of a child development expert and really come to understand some things that I think you can't get without either listening, you know, for to a long form show or spending a lot of time with me. So this is a way that you can spend um, some time listening to to a, a child development expert who I hope can be very helpful as you are raising your littles. Um, if you need a free guide, I do offer quite a few now. I've got one on potty training. I've got one on handling temper tantrums. And they are all of they are both available at episode uh, 278 at the show notes for episode 278. The one that is available there and right in your podcatcher is located at weturnedoutok.com slash picky. And it is about five ways to handle your picky eater. I, basically, what I do for these free guides is I, I record a video and then I provide a checklist. And so the video and the checklist are available um, when you go to weturnedoutok.com slash picky, what you'll do is you'll uh, share your name and your email address. And I will send you this um, this free guide. And then every Wednesday, I will share with you, it's usually Wednesdays that I will share one essay a week that I do. It's I have a parenting newsletter. And um, I try to write it's really from my heart that I try to write things that I think are going to be useful to you, helpful for you, give you some tools um, to to just stay in this parenting, <laughs> stay in this sometimes can feel like a slog and and um, I want to help make that better. I want you to I want you to feel better about not just, you know, you know the topic of the, the 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 reason I do this show is to help you change your child's behavior from bad to good, feel happy inside and truly enjoy the time that you spend with your kids and the newsletter, the free guide is is one part of that. The news, the weekly newsletter is another. And if either of those sound good to you, then you can just look right down into your podcatcher if you just scroll down a little bit and you will see a link that you can click to sign up for the five ways to handle your picky eater guide. And also to, uh, you'll end up subscribed to the weekly parenting newsletter. And you know what, if that's not what you want, then um, you can totally, people do this all the time, jump on and off the, jump in and out of the email group. I'm more than fine with that. I just want you to have this information in your possession so that like you can read this, this checklist in 10 minutes and then you can watch this video in another say 15 minutes and you'll have all the tools that you need to help you get started handling picky eating. And if that is a thing in your life, as it was in my life when my kids were small, um, I, I feel for you. That's what this whole episode is about. And the, the, uh, the free guide kind of extends on that. I incorporate things from this episode, from my life, from next week's episode with Jackie Lomenzo. And I really think you're, you're going to get something out of it. So, um, so thank you so much if you choose to subscribe. Um, I appreciate that and I really, really hope it helps. I also want to say thank you so much for sharing the show. Um, We do it. Ben and I do this to give back to the parenting community. I recently heard the term um, 
co-pilot. And I really feel like, or I mean, I've heard, obviously I've heard that term before, but I feel like my, I view my role here as your co-pilot. I'm trying to help you um, with your parenting in your daily life. And, um, and when you share the show um, with a friend or into a parenting group that you belong to, that, that means so much because um, I can help them. I can be their co-pilots too. Uh, remember to subscribe so that you never miss an episode and also so that you can do that happy dance that we all do when a new episode shows up of a podcast that we love. And remember to subscribe so you never miss an episode. I already totally read that. Oh my goodness, I'm reading today because I'm start I'm trying some new things in terms of the break and I want to what I really want to do is um let me just take 30 seconds to explain this. What I'm trying to do with the things I've been writing is make the break go more smoothly for you so that we can move through it more quickly and get you back to the show. So pardon me while I <laughs> keep reading here. Um, and I just want to say thank you also for your wonderful positive reviews of the show. I can't tell you how much they mean to me. It is a lot. <laughs> it really, really means a lot when I read your wonderful words. My time in creating this show is supported by you if you have purchased one of my parenting books. I wrote and I am continuing to write books like Positive Discipline Ninja Tactics and 10 Secrets Happy Parents Know to give you ideas, support, and advice as you cope with the challenges your young child throws at you. And if you have purchased one or more of these parenting books, I am so grateful to you. If you're listening to the show, you'll know that I specialize in helping parents get out of a negative space, get past the tough parts of parenting and raising our little kids, and get to the fun stuff. My parenting books have got some great reviews at Amazon. Um, one of them is from a reader named Marissa, and she calls it her title was Insightful. Uh, another one from Amanda says her title, not her title, but one of the things she says in it is, it's easy to fall down the bad parenting hole. 10 Secrets Happy Parents Knows, uh, 10 Secrets Happy Parents Know helps to pull yourself back out. And KJ, actually, this is KJ Delantonia, who is a returning champion on this show. KJ says in her review, this will help you find the fun in your parenting again. I really want to help you find the fun in your parenting again. I want to help you feel that true connection with your young child. And if you're not there yet, I wrote these books to help you navigate the tough stuff to get there. So go to weturnedoutok.com slash books to check them out and to, to buy them. And now on with the show. Okay. Just before the break, we talked about, um, I read listener Megan's email and we, we um, were talking about like how to help a child who is struggling with eating, who won't eat anything, um, how to get her to eat. <laughs> and the first one that I brought up, the first factor that I thought of, you know, that was kind of at play here is that daycare meals at childcare are different than meals at home. The vibe is different. The the like routine is different. The things that need to happen are different. So that's the first one. The second one is that uh, oftentimes home is fraught with issues that don't have anything to do with food. So in other words, meal times can be really stressful at home. Um, and from the tone of your email, I can I can see how worried you are about this. Uh, I mean, help with three exclamation points. Um, the fact that she, she, you know, you're, you're so worried about her. She won't eat anything. Uh, she, she's, she just says yucky. You know, she's, it's to me, the tone of your email sounds like you're, you're, 
downright frightened at the the fact that your daughter won't eat anything. And and I completely understand that. I don't mean to, you know, sound uh, negative about that in any way. I I have had those worries myself. I mean, I really, um, I really understand them. You're not alone either. A lot, a lot, a lot of parents have this worry. Um, and I think if you're feeling that kind of worry and stress about food, you can totally bet that your daughter's feeling it. Um, the kids catch vibes so easily. So if you're envisioning, you know, another night kind of back to the grind where you're saying, uh, just please eat this one bite of carrot and and your daughter saying, no, yucky. And you're saying, okay, if not that, then please eat this one bite of this other food. And, um, you know, you're your stress and and like your sort of uh teeth grinding your tension your fears um are you you can bet that your daughter is feeling them and that that can often be a huge contributing factor to like why a child won't eat because because they just there's so much pressure on them to do this thing and and a lot of kids just totally dig their heels in and go nope absolutely not <laughs> and then nothing we can say or do is going to is going to make them um do that. And so for this one, what I would suggest, Megan, is that you um, kind of ease off, basically treat it like it's just a, it's just a meal. It's just a, you know, come to the table. We all sit together at the table. Isn't that wonderful? Um, we're all eating these foods. And if you would like anything uh, on the table, that's great. If not, um, that's okay too, but we're all sitting here eating together. So um, in other words, we're making mealtime be less about the food and more about just the enjoyment of being together and the talking and stuff like that. And a lot of times what happens is when kids, it may take a long time, it may take several weeks, um, but a lot of times kids will kind of forget to be worried or stressed out because we are not stressed out or worried. And so they'll settle in and they'll be like, okay, this is what happens every night at dinner. We, um, you know, we all get to have whatever's on the table. Ooh, I love spaghetti and there's spaghetti right there. I'm going to focus on that instead of, uh, you know, maybe you also want her to eat the carrots or you also want her to have some protein or whatever. Um, but to me, it's much more important that the vibe is an open and comfortable vibe than what kids are actually putting in their mouths. Um, and this is exactly why, because we don't want dinners, mealtimes to be fraught with worry and fear and things that have nothing to do with the food. So if we can turn the vibe around, a lot of times kids kids just happily start eating. And it, it may, as I said, it may take a little while because our kids are sort of waiting for us. I mean, she may only be two, but she's had a lot of uh, exposure to like the way that mealtimes go. And um, it may take a, a little while for her to kind of trust that things are actually changed, like that it's not a trick, that you're not going to sit her down and everything's wonderful and sunny. And, you know, one of the biggest mistakes we made, just if I can share, is we um, we started off on the wrong foot with our with our oldest by basically saying like, oh, ooh, these carrots are so good. They taste just like candy. And um he was like, well, let me in on that, right? So he goes for the the quote candy and it's just a carrot. And he's like, yuck, like this doesn't taste good at all. So um, we don't want to sort of engender like a false sense of something that it isn't really. But um, 
but we can we can say god these carrots are amazing like oh i can taste the butter it's so good it doesn't all have not everything needs to be candy as we learned and um that boy still will not eat carrots <laughs> but he eats a lot of other wonderful um fruits vegetables proteins and uh carbohydrates and like so i'm not I'm not worried about it anymore. And one of the first things I did to to help him get over that picky eating was to just be much more relaxed about mealtimes in our home. So I want you to know, Megan, I'm not standing in front of you with my finger in your face. Instead, I am trying to share my experience that 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 I've had and, and um, what I've learned kind of on this parenting journey, but also as an educator. Um, these are the things that work, taking the stress and the worry out of it and just relaxing and enjoying our time together. And make it, what I would advise is making it, a, a, you know, a rule, a convention that everybody sits together at the table until the meal is done. Um, even if you're not choosing to eat anything, even if there's nothing on this table that you want to eat, have a seat, stay with us. Um, and we're going to talk and we're going to enjoy each other's company. Um, if you can make the vibe a little bit more of that, I think it will go a lot better towards getting your daughter to eat. So that's number two. And number three is um, I wanted to kind of talk about the idea of withholding food when she won't eat dinner. I, um, I think you're on the right track with this one and I want you to keep at it. If we give our kids, if our child won't eat a meal, and a half an hour later, they come up to us now, I'm hungry. Um, and we we give them basically carte blanche. We say, okay, you know, what do you want? Have a snack. Um, what we're doing is we're making it less likely that they're going to eat what we want them to eat at the next meal. If I can have fruit gushers or whatever they're called um, between times, why am I going to sit at the table and eat with these people, right? So um you you have a you have a two year old child, so this is a really great opportunity for you to um, to set up the kind of family life and home life that you want. You don't want to be um, you don't want to. I know this sounds counterintuitive, but you don't want to give in to their every whim um, because if we do, what happens is we start. And I, I don't want that to sound harsh. I feel like there's a lot of this that that is just a mindset shift that can sound really harsh, but I'm asking you to kind of stay with me here. Um, if we decide to, if we make, if we go out of our way and we make an amazing breakfast and, and uh, you know, uh, three quarters of our family of four is sitting around enjoying this. And then the fourth one is refusing to eat. And then uh, you know, half an hour later, just as we're getting ready, the teeth are brushed, the baths are taken, we're getting ready to go to the park. Um, the fourth child speaks up and says, oh, I'm hungry now. I want you to feed me now. So, you know, what do you want? Okay, I want macaroni and cheese. Okay, so then we take half an hour to make the macaroni and cheese. Then we have to clean it up. Then A, they're off schedule. And B, we have not done the family thing that we were going to do. Instead, what we've done is we've taken our time and our resources and put it into something that um, we, I guess, I mean, the gentlest way I can say this is we need to we need to rethink that because it's not a, a good use of our energy and our resources. And also, it's it's frankly bad for kids um, because they are not learning A, that they can wait and, and um, they're not learning the virtue of patience. Uh, and B, they are not 
getting into the family rhythm. So everybody comes home from the park and they're like, oh my God, I'm starving. I can't wait for lunch. What are we having for lunch? And then the things that we prepare and put out on the table for lunch are the things that get eaten. And because we have a hungry kid, that kids eat that kid eats uh, that lunch as well. Um, so that's kind of how I want you to, to look at this. You're on the right track. Um, make meal times the only times that food is available and you're making it much more likely that your child will eat at those times because eventually they're going to get hungry. I think the the other thing I would say here, and maybe I need to make this the fourth factor. I didn't really think about this before. But number four is um, kids. This was something that was told to us by our doctor uh, with our youngest who he wasn't necessarily a picky eater because we didn't make it an issue. But I mean, to this day, he will go for days without eating almost anything. And then he's completely ravenous. He can't he's he's got something in his mouth every minute for 24 hours of a day. He's he's 14 now. So um there's a there's a window, I think, and at two years old, your child is this window, this door is open still, where you are setting the tone, you are choosing the foods, you are making the routines that um, that are going to make up your family life. And that's awesome. Um, once your kids get to be 15, 16, 14, in our case, 14, because he's got an 18 year old older brother, um, they're, they are much more independent and capable and able to kind of make their own schedules. So our kids oftentimes aren't home for meals. And what that means is, you know, just when I'm getting ready to go to bed, they're preparing to make deviled eggs or pasta Alfredo or something like that, because um, that's the kind of family life that we have. That's the kind of family life that works for us. Uh, oftentimes they will eat the good dinner that we are all eating together. And then they'll do that anyway, because at 14 and 18, their bodies just need so much more food. <laughs> so it's like nuts. But anyway, the reason I bring that up is because when our 14 year old was small, I was really concerned that, you know, there were entire days where he would not eat anything, even things he liked. He just was like, no, thank you. I'm not hungry. Or he was too busy with other things. And um, the doctor basically said, don't focus on what he's eaten today or at this meal. Instead, focus on what has he eaten during this week? Like how has his week been in terms of nutrition and stuff like that? Um, because some kids just don't have that. So it's very possible that your daughter is perfectly happy to not eat at other times um, because she's just not hungry. And, and um, you know, that's, that's just a pattern that a lot of kids have. So I want to write down number four is going to be... Um, uh, I don't mean this in a like sort of hokey way, but honoring your child's natural rhythms, I think is how I'm going to say that. So um, your child does have kind of natural patterns of eating. Uh, I'll say that actually, natural patterns of eating. Um, so that you, 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 you can be sure in the knowledge that when she's hungry, she'll eat. Um, and and that is likely that's what's happening at daycare. It's it's a routine that is set up so that when she's hungry, oh hey, it's lunchtime, it's time to eat. So um so that's a that's a really good thing. And um I I can see that happening for you at home. I feel like it's gonna take a little bit of um a mindset shift, Megan, and I, I I'm really in sympathy with you because that's a hard mindset shift. I didn't make it until much my kids were much older and I only made it after I had gone and spent um there was an emergency in my parents uh life and my dad needed brain surgery and I went to sort of be a support for them I was gone for like 10 days and when I came home 
And I said, I had just witnessed the most incredible struggles. I mean, you can't, I can't tell you what it was like to watch my father go through that, right? And, and watch my mother trying to help and, and in my, for myself, just trying to be a support. And I came home and I, I, um, sat down, I got home sort of one afternoon and then we sat down for dinner and Ben had gone out and he'd bought, oh, a roast chicken. And like, uh, I had asked for just raw vegetables and roast chicken. That was just what I wanted. And, um, we're sitting down at the table with kids, our kids. And one of them says, do I have to eat these carrots? And I just was like, oh, I am not doing this. This is not (laughs) happening that I negotiate with my, um, you know, middle grade child regarding um, like how many carrots they have to eat. I'm just not doing this. And so basically what we did at that point was we said, all right, you know, it's up to you. Your digestion is on you now. You're old enough to take care of that. I'm not telling you what to eat and what not to eat. And as I say, it was, it was, it was a little late, but it's, it's been great. I mean, it's, you know, it's been fine. We had always, we had established previously that mealtimes are where everybody goes, um, that you, uh, I think we fell down a little bit on the, like, you don't have to eat anything that you don't want to eat that is at this table, but know that you can't go get food from somewhere else. Like, that's not how we're doing it. And that this is the only time you're going to have access to food until the next meal. So, um, so we were less good about all of that. And, and, um, and yet, you know, still they've, they've, they've done great. They've really done really, really well. I've got kids who eat things that even I don't eat. (laughs) Uh, healthy and good things that even I don't eat. So, um, so hang in there, Megan. I really hope this has been helpful for you. Um, and listening as well, if you're not Megan and you're, you're here for this and you've listened all this far. Um, I just hope it's super helpful for you and, um, please write in with any questions. Um, Megan, if you've seen some changes and you've got some, um, concerns or some successes to, to share, please write me Karen at we turned out okay.com. Um, and again, I just hope that this has been a helpful one for you. Uh, thank you so much for listening. I finally have a special thanks to our producer, the man who uh, was instrumental in getting the kids to eat well, um, both by like the way that he handled food, but also the way that like he is enthusiastic about food. And and um, that's just very fun. It's it's fun to kind of have that good family vibe. He is the 21-time winner of the Husband of the Year Award, and he's the producer of this show. His name is Benjamin Kolb. Thank you so much, my love. Um, And thank you again for listening. We will see you next time. Thank you for listening to We Turned Out Okay. I want to date to Australia. Find us on the web at weturnedoutok.com, where you'll find show notes and more. What do you call cheese that's not yours? Nacho cheese. And remember, we only go around once. To be the best parents we can be, let's relax and enjoy the ride. I want to pee in the woods. Theater, 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 theater,